Welcome everyone to another fun-filled, exciting adventure of Star Trek Reliant. I am your DM for the evening. I am JB. I play the fun-loving, adventuresome Chorog. And we'll go around the room introducing everyone so everyone introduce yourselves. Hi, this is Gerilyn. I play Kara Junrani. I have very few morals and a compunction toward violence. I'm probably going to do well in this episode. Greetings, I, I am Rick T. Oh, okay. I am Rick T, the uh, chief well, engineer of the Reliant, um, and a pretty serious guy. I am Duncan Idaho, and I am one of the several crew members just holding back the demons. I play Marcus Graves, as well as Sechigoro, as well as Tardigrades, when we need Tardigrades. You know damn well that Kara can behave herself. She just usually doesn't. Usually. And I play the chief medical officer slash first officer, Eli O'Connor. I've, I've got nothing witty to say. It's serious business. It's German humor. It's no laughing matter. Shit, I'm Irish. Do you know German spanners have only one setting? Wouldn't I... And I am Grumpy Old Nord. I play Chaplain Victor Waitley... I also play Grimner Tiberius, the ship's bartender, and I also play our most recent security uh, ensign, Mary Shepard. I also have nothing witty to say, mostly because I'm not drunk enough yet. Ah, uh, alcohol. The cause of, and solution to, all of life's problems. These are the people I get to work with, uh, folks. Pray for me. You volunteered for this, remember. Uh, Alright, so... In this week's uh, episode, we are going to be uh, doing Chorog's episode. So, uh, to get things going as the camera pans in, Chorog is in a mood. When I say a mood, I'm talking about punch-a-hole-in-the-deck-plating mood. He has just recently found out that Madrin has sunken even lower than he has before. He's into hired hits. And Chorog has just found out about Madrin doing this. So yeah, he's not in the best of moods. He is walking down the corridor, muttering something very incoherent and something very nasty in Nausigan as he enters engineering. Baz, what do you think? Uh, engineering is uh, pretty uh, bustling with uh, energy at the time. Uh, a lot of... Um, People just going over various stats, looking at pads, discussing various things. Uh, Rick T is um, just uh, at the whoop core, just uh, going over some uh, personnel records uh, as uh, he turns around and she's Gerald entering. Uh, he doesn't make an Approach, but he does turn back to his. He he, he uh, like just turns to face Chorog with a quizzical look on his face. Chorog sees Rick Tier. Um, notice walk. Notice him walk in. He's still um, pretty much full tilt boil mad. He he gives a very brief salute to Rick Tier and goes over to one of his work. Goes over to a workstation where he sees a lieutenant. Um, you mean a lieutenant? Anyone? Well, if you're gonna do that, Bueller. 
Bueller it is. He spies Lieutenant Bueller taking apart a console for a reason that Trog does not know. At this point, Trog does not care. What do you think you're doing in my station? Trog angrily growls at Bueller. Uh, I'm just making some repairs, sir. I'm sorry, I didn't know this was your thing. You should know this is my station. You've seen me work here before. At this point, Bueller is turning white as a ghost, scared half to death of this menacing Nausicaan, angrily growling and shouting at him. Go elsewhere! Get out of my sight! As he dismisses Bueller, Bueller does all does everything he can not to pass out and wet himself as he tries to back away and run away. This obviously uh, does get Rick Tear's attention because he can hear Trog bellowing halfway across engineering. Yeah, uh, I'm going to have Rick Tear do a bit of a insight command check to see um, how well he interprets uh, um, <laughs> the mood. And uh, that's a complication. What a great role. <laughs> no successes in the complication. So, um... Uh, Clearly, Chorog needs a hug. Yeah, Rick Tear is going to go a bit closer. Seem 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 a bit tenser, uh, Chorog. Do you uh, need a bit of uh, perhaps a massage? Chorog tries to maintain his composure, seeing as Rick Tear is his superior, but he turns around and stares lasers into him. Madrin, that damn Madrin! He's causing problems. I. I can't do anything about it. It's driving me nuts. Ah, oh, all right, yes. Uh, we did uh, news of what happened. Did spread quite around the ship. Um, well, that uh, little Opa is putting hits out on people now. That slime is sinking lower and lower by the second. God, I wish I could get my claws on him. I'd tear him apart. Well, perhaps uh, if we talk to the captain, then uh, maybe he could arrange. There could be something that we could do as a ship about it. Yeah, 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 I'll go talk to the captain then. You'll excuse me, sir. Yeah, try not to give Bueller any more problems. He's just uh, doing a basic diagnostic on your console. It, it, I'll, I'll uh, finish it up while you talk. Very good. It's All right. Trog storms away to leave engineering. He sees Bueller. Trog snaps his head over and look, you know, shoot, shoots him a look, and Bueller wishes he could crawl under the warp core at this point. Trog basically storms out of engineering and starts making his way to Graves. All over, all the time, Trog going through his mind. You know, this this Madrin, this, this devious little Ferengi, he's sinking lower by the second. He's putting. He's starting to put hits out on people. He's a menace to the quadrant. And if he was still on his pirate ship, you know, Madrin's ears would be adorning his office wall right now. But unfortunately, he is on a he's an exchange officer on a Federation ship there to learn, try to get over some of those primal urges to murder, death, kill. At Graves so does. Sorry, Graves does uh, receive a comm message. Uh, Rick here to Graves. Graves here. Uh, we've 
Apparently, I got a very uh, upset Chorog that's uh, head heading your way. Uh, there was uh, the situation with uh, Marjun the other day is uh, real got him riled up. So, uh, um, uh, just a warning that he's coming to see you. Graves takes a look at his itinerary for the day. Started with a nice read and coffee, then a short chat with the ship's computer. He stares down at a small model of the Starship Reliant that he's been assembling on recommendation from Waitley as a relaxation exercise. Next, he's got an art appreciation appointment on Deck 3, or art appreciation hour on Deck 3, followed by a short remote lecture on crew mentorship and an open mic musical recital on Deck 8, and then reading group, Galaxian Folk Literature. He's actually looking forward to having this conversation with Jorog, so he just... Sets his model aside, leans back, and hopes the day goes sideways. Trog exits the turbo lift. No, full, full head of steam angry, still madder than a wet hen. That this Madrin's running around free, and there's little to, no, little to nothing he could really do about it at this, at this point. You know, he's probably talking to Graves, will maybe net a solution? But he really does not quite know until he actually talks to him. Graves... Like, I understand we're a little bit about Nausicaan, so hopefully this is, um, maybe go Trog's way, maybe not. We really, we'll have to find out. Trog pretty much puts his finger through the doorbell. Come in. Trog storms in, and, and you could pretty much see the massive storm cloud above his head, lightning bolts and thunder. Thunderbolt and lightning, very, very frightening. Galileo. Galileo. Galileo Figaro. Trog <laughs> walks in. He sees Graves. Looks like he's expecting him. Captain, we need to talk. Um, do we now? Yes. It, 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 it's Madrin. We, I need, we need to do something about that little topa. He's sinking lower by the day, and he's putting out hits on people. You know, yeah. I've passed on on to Starfleet Security. The question is going to be, ultimately, is it our... Are we in the position to do something about it? Trog trying to keep his cool. Here's what Graves is saying. Sir, Madrin is a, is a menace to the Quadrant. He preys on unsuspecting cargo ships. Is it not the Federation's duty to protect those kind of people? Madrin is... He needs to be stopped. Well, yes. The problem is that the Federation is very large and does have people specially trained for this type of operation. Although that hasn't necessarily stopped us from doing incredibly stupid and dangerous things in the past. USS Roland is currently assigned to help with exploration duties around Starbase Magellan. We are... Not necessarily on a frontline security type operation, unless you have fresh intel. Sir, it would not take very much for me to get some kind of intel on some kind of lead where we can get at him. If we can't get him directly, I can find I can find other ways to get at him. He has yeah. all kinds of yeah, he has all kinds of men and all kinds of underlings that we pinch one of them. He's going to squeal like a little piggy. Yeah. And I'm kind of inclined to agree with you here. I mean, back 
Acklin Wrench, I did. I've seen my fair share of, you know, kind of sideways businessmen fall into darker schemes. And, yeah, I do appreciate what effect Madrin has in particular on systems. You might even stoop to, you know, slave mining at the worst of it. So, oh, or I should say, I hope at the worst of it. But, at any rate, though, you've done enough on this ship that I wrote. I think I could trust you on handling a small security operation. The one limit I do want to place on you is simply on our methodology and our overall objective here. If you want to disrupt Madrin's operation, you want to find information about Madrin, we ultimately want to apprehend Madrin, not kill. You do want to separate that from other dealings that I've seen. And we don't go there. That is fully understood, sir. I... As much as my internal instincts is to rip him arm, limb from limb, and gut him and feed the remains to my pet targ back home, I will restrain myself. I can find information to, to disrupt his operations. That will not be a problem, but I'm going to need a team to do it. All right. Easily enough done. I'll also give you a little bit of advice from a mentor figure. You can cause physical pain on someone. But if you really want to cause anguish for someone like Adrin, you don't go for the arms. You go for something more creative, more wounding to their pride. That will give a little bit more satisfaction, sting a little bit harder. I go after time, his assets. Yeah, and how you go about that? Well, basically, the more creative, the better. So, just giving a little bit of advice there. As far as the team, uh, let's see, who do you want? Um, Waitley would probably be pretty effective here. Actually, I was on my, actually after I got done talking with you, I wanted to go see Waitley to clear some things from my mind. Stuff that's been bothering me for some time now. Alright. I also want, for what you're going to be involved with, I want Waitley as a, well, I'd say the mission is yours, but I do want a senior officer involved here. That is, uh, that's fine. All right. Now, as far as the other parts of well, your little security team here, um, if you have any ideas, definitely let me know. Um, otherwise, Carl. I'll let you build. Oh, I want Kara on my team. I trust her. We work well together. Graves has a, has a flash of, I've kind of pushed Kara into a lot recently, and I wouldn't necessarily put this as a situation where I would push Kara into after everything that Graves has pushed Kara into, the Graves says, run it by her, but definitely give her the option to say no if she's busy. She's kind of had to deal with a lot of crap recently. Very well. Um, I'm also for me in particular. At, I also have checkers in mind. Oh, checkers, perfect. Um, yeah, and, and if you have uh, if you have anyone else that um, you need over time, like, you know, new inch, new need comes up, just run that by me. And for a little added muscle, I'm going to talk to Grim here. I need a tough to look tough in the background. A strong, silent type. You know what I mean? I just a second, I'm going to type something out here. Okay. Because I think for checkers, we I think we put them both on Magellan, but since I just said our operation is supporting Magellan, we can just be, like, in, like, Spinny orbit of Magellan. Okay. Oh, one's on Reliant, one's on Magellan. Okay. Okay, that's fine then. Very good, sir. 
And thank you for listening and understanding where where I'm coming from. I owe Mad I owe Madrin for I owe I owe I owe him a little pain, if you know what I mean. He wronged me in a very personal way, and I have not been able to let go of that. Which is why I need to go talk to Waitley. Yeah, and one of his schemes put the uh, put us in confrontation with the Tel Shiar, so I'm not especially endeared towards him either. So go ahead and uh, speak to Waitley, but for now, you've got my full support on this mission. Thank you for understanding and listening, sir. Very good. Well, off to it. If anything happens, uh, let me know. And, uh, yeah, I do have some experience in dealing with, let's just say, back channels and CD installations, so um, if you need a little bit more assistance, I'd also be available. Thank you, sir. Uh, right now, to go, now, to, now to go see a shrink about getting in my head. As Chorog leaves the ready room, of course, he'll have to pass by the bridge, where Kara is sitting at her station, drinking a Soma. Ah, Kara, just who I wanted to see. Oh, hey, hey, Chorog, what's up? What do you got planned over the next couple of weeks? I need, I, I need your expertise on a small little mission I'm putting together. I like where this is going. You're my kind of guy. You understand that violence isn't the answer. It's the question. And the answer is yes. Excellent. I will brief you when the time is ready to put this mission together. Just know we're going after we're going after Madrin, but we're going after him indirectly. I have no idea who that is, but sounds like fun. Let's just say you're going to hate him by the time you find out what this scummy little Ferengi's done. I trust you on that one. Very good. I will be in touch. As Trog then leaves the bridge boards a turbolift, and starts heading towards Waitley's office. Waitley should be able to sense Chorog coming. Oh, yeah. We'll say by the time uh, Chorog gets there uh, to to the uh, the deck that, that Waitley's quarters are on, the, the turbolift door opens onto the deck, and Waitley's already standing there, hands clasped behind his back, head tilted a little, little to the side, you seem to be in need of some assistance. How may I aid you? I need to get something off my chest. Something that's been bothering me for a very long time. It's it, it affecting me, and I can't have that affecting me going into this mission. Or else I'm going to be tempted to gut Madrin the minute I see him. Waitley quirks an eyebrow. Barely uh, constrains a, a bit of a half smile. He nods and says, I see. Follow me, please. And he goes down the, the the corridor to his deck and hits the button to, to open the door and does like a little gesture and says after you. Thank you, sir. Drog enters the quarters and looks for a place to sit down, I suppose. That's the therapeutic position, I guess. I'm trying to remember, has has Drog has, has been in, in Waitley's room before? Drog barely leaves his quarters. Okay, so yeah, no, I, I didn't think so, but for some reason I was thinking there was maybe one time, but okay. So basically, Waitley's quarters is divided into two sections. One is, is like his own little private area that's kind of blocked off from everything else. And the other is very, uh, 
you know, think stereotypical modern uh, counselor psychiatrist's office where it's like he's got the desk, but it's more like a casual, laid back kind of, not like a very professional looking desk. It's like a half desk and like a recliner. And then he's got like the uh, the usual, you know, the stereotypical, you know, the the chaise lounge kind of you sit back and relax. He's got uh, a beanbag chair like there basically anything you can think of you would want to sit in to be comfortable is there. And he he gestures and says, sit where you like. And he goes and sits in his chair and pulls out a pad and says, you don't mind if I uh, take notes, do you? Absolutely not. You may take notes. I hope you have a few spare pads because... My mind's a train wreck. Waitley grins and says, oh, no need to worry about that. So where would you like to begin? Well, it all started. My year and of course, this is a flashback, so the screen goes with wavy lines. Well, when, when, J, when JB said, or when Chorog says, uh, well, it all started, I thought it was going to be like a flashback to when he was like a, a little Nausicaan knee high to a Targ or something. <laughs> and we were going to do that. I just have this scene from, you know, the line from Johnny Dangerously here of, you know, Wheatley going, what the hell? And Chorog just going, oh, don't worry. It always does this when I talk about the past. Oh, <laughs> God. Yes. Yes. Great. Sarah <laughs> Tuckin, Yes. Nice resolve. <laughs> anyway, it all happened, started about a year and a half ago. Back when I was in my old pirate crew, we were, well, we were the raucous bunch. We didn't care who we raided, we didn't care who we hurt. My crew and I got talking, and we wanted to upgrade the ship. Get something a little, uh, have a little surprise for our inspecting victims. So we raided our Piratey guts out. We raided for a full year. Just non-stop raiding, collecting swag, getting credits. And we finally got enough credits to meet with this Madrin character. I knew this guy was a slimy little Ferengi from the minute I met him. But I haven't met a Ferengi that isn't a slimy character. Pardon. And we got to talking. He was a weapons merchant at the time. Just... Straight up, any kind of weapon you wanted, he had it. And we got to talking, and he talked us into these neutronium-laced grappling cables. He said they would not break under any circumstance. Neutro- they're, neutro- they're neutronium-infused. Neutronium is unbreakable. Well, I talked to my pyre crew, and, you know, these things were going to cost a year's worth of rating. That's a lot of credits for us. So we agreed. We made the purchase. And then we came across you guys in that nebula. And what happens? The damn cables break! Charolaga pounds his hand onto a table. It, it, it eerily quakes under the, under the weight of his fist. The unbreakable cables that slimy little Topa sold us broke! With one phaser shot. That was a year's worth of swag he took from us. I don't hold that lightly. I've been wanting to get my claws on him ever since. And just tread him. But here I am on this crew. I made a promise to the pirate admiral that I'd ease up on my ways. I'd try not to be as bloodthirsty and ruthless as I once was. 
This has been chewing at me for over a year. I, I just can't get over it. I, it, it, it. It's tearing me apart on the inside. That's what. That's why every time I see someone do something wrong, I just want to rip them apart. Waitley nods, and he's been jotting down notes in his pad this whole time. And he he looks up and he says, "Has it occurred to you to question why this one particular instance?" enrages you to the degree that it does when certainly there have been other possibly likely even worse situations that have not. He stole from me. It was a time where I stole from others. It didn't. And people didn't steal from me. This little topa stole from me. Waitley nods and he says, so you feel it as a, subversion of your expected sense of masculinity? It's an affront to my pride. That's certainly another way of putting it. Let me ask you this question. He sets the pad down. Let me ask you this. What is your desired outcome? Your desired outcome from our session here? What is it that you are searching for? I'm searching searching, searching for a way to, to be rid of this this weight upon me. It weighs me down. It, 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 it chews at me on the inside. I want to be, I want to be able to be rid of this, this feeling, this feeling that I've been, that I've been victimized. All those years of me victimizing others. And all of a sudden I'm the one being victimized. It, it's not a good feeling. It, it, it's, it's destroying me on the inside. I'm, I'm at conflict with myself. So, to make certain that I understand what it is that you're after, you are trying to ascertain a method to which you can mentally process this happening to you in a way that does not justify your previous justifications of the things that you have done to others, correct? In a nutshell, yes. Waitley nods. I see, I see. I have a book I'd like to recommend to you. Uh, give me a second. He gets up and he goes over to this big bookcase he's got behind his desk. That's kind of not the desk that he's sitting at, but the desk. Hold on a second. I have to yell at my dog. Okay. <laughs> uh, the, the over by the the more partitioned off, uh, partitioned off part of his quarters. And he's looking around. He's like, ah, there it is. And he, he grabs a book. He comes over and he sets it in front of uh, Chorog on the little table there. And he says, I'm not suggesting that you take everything it says to heart, but there are parts of it that uh, I think you will find very, uh, well, give it a read. And when you finished it, come back and, and uh, we can talk about it if you like. And uh, the, 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 the book that he sets down is the art of Zen and motorcycle maintenance. <laughs> I get that reference. I get that reference. I was hoping somebody would. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. There's, there's some blast out of the past. But he sits back down. He picks his pad back up and he, he jots down a couple more notes and he says, but as for your current uh, dilemma, may make a suggestion. And okay. he, he stops and he he pops his, his Starfleet badge off and he sets it down. 
He leans back in his chair and he says, and I am not saying this as a representative of the Federation. I am saying this as one person of like mind to another. Damn your orders. Damn the ethical conflusion. Find the bastard and make him pay. He grins, leans forward, grabs his comm badge, puts it back on. And of course, as is always the case, doctor's privilege of privacy. I know nothing. It seems our uh, it seems our time is running out, and I believe uh, you have a a thing to do. If there's anything else you need, you know how to get a hold of me. And he stands up and he kind of slowly ushers Chorog to the door, makes sure Chorog has the book, and says, "And if you have any other questions, please don't be afraid." He smiles, okay. hits the button for the door to open. I've already talked to Graves, and I'm pretty sure you know that. Come with me. Waitley blinks. You want me to come with you? Yes. You'll be the one to help center me. He blinks again. Gets this brief look on his face that uh, any kind of empathy role would say, I should have seen this coming. (laughs) Give me, uh, give me one moment uh, to prepare, and I'll be with you shortly. Uh, I will meet you. Transporter room. I will. I am going to have a briefing with my team. I'm still playing the team together, just to get you guys a little heads up of what we're going, in, what we're going into. I still have some preparation to make on my end. I'll send for you. Duly noted. I await your order. He grins. Thank you, Doctor. After Chorog leaves, after Chorog leaves, Waitley goes back to his desk where he keeps all his uh, his personal files. He uh, this is for the benefit of the camera. He, he gives a brief little look down at everything, and then he says, "Computer, activate emergency code Sigma SETI six, and just kind of mutters to himself, "I'll be damned, I might not be coming back." Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Trog, Trog feels somewhat better having bared this terrible burden upon the good doctor. Getting this off his chest makes him feel a little better. At this point, he heads for the club. Number one, he needs a drink. And number two, he needs to talk to Grimnir. Oh, Trog saunters down the hallway briefly, banks a corner to get on the turbo lift, and heads to the club. All right, Trog walks into Club 42. Grimnir is standing behind the bar as usual. He's polishing a mug and just kind of idly looking around. And uh, apparently there's a, a whiny dog in the corner that doesn't know how to shush. <laughs> Grimnir just gives it the evil eye. It sets a pipe's head. <laughs> Chorog, I mean, I think you're telling it's a big responsibility. Just give him cuddles, and, and he's actually kind of whiny, though. Okay, now that, there, that there is my kind of dog. <laughs> Just a dog, it's the dog. The dog. From the the dog. dog. Why did we get a dog? It's Mary's. <laughs> Nobody knows where it came from. It just showed up one day. <laughs> and Drog walks in. He bellies up to the bar. 
Grimner, I'd like a war dog. I haven't had one in a while. All right, sounds good. Reaches under the bar, fills up this big, like, you know, 40-ounce mug, Little sets tanker. it under the... Uh, uh, sets it under the, uh, the, uh, he's got like all kinds of different, you know, apparatus behind the bar and he's got one to chill a drink. He's got one to warm a drink. He's got one to do nuclear fission to a drink. He does something. He pops it, you know, right in front of uh Chorog and it's like smoking hot. I think I got it to your liking. At about this time, Kara walks through the door to club 42 and looks over. Oh, so that's where Nala got off to. Oh, yeah, we did have a dog. I forgot about that. It has been so <laughs> long did. since Nala featured in an episode, I completely forgot until you said I the did name. Too. And I've got Setsa there. Wait, who's Nala? Nala uh, is uh, Kara's so dog. Kara gestures to the husky wearing a, you know, collar with an ensign's, you know, hip on it. That's Nala. That's my dog. We even we even have an icon for her for when we stream. <laughs> I didn't know that. We, I didn't know we you had a dog. She's a very well behaved dog, so she wouldn't make it that obvious. Except Clearly. she wandered off to Club Forty Two, which is odd. Oh, she wanted to keep me company. Let's just say. Well, that's fine then. That was a cool All right, now, now that Chorog has finished noticing the dog that he's never seen before, turns back. Chorog doesn't leave his quarters very often. Why would I? Because dog, duh! My quarters is all the discomforts of home. Yeah, and it doesn't have a dog. You get movie night occasionally. Feel free to come over. I'm gonna have to. Anyway, Chalk turns back to Grimner, recentering his thoughts. Grimner, let me ask you something. What are you doing in the next, for the next two weeks? Grimner blinks. He's like, uh... Well, I mean, there wasn't a hammer I was supposed to polish, but that can wait. What do you need? I need you to come on a mission with me. I need a good, strong, tough to look to look badass in the background. A little payback for certain Ferengi who deserves it. Grimner has this, like, look of utter, like, flusternation on his face. He's like, after he's finally able to wrangle a word out of his mouth, he says, Are you sure, lad? Well, last time I got invited to a mission, we wound up coming back with a sheep. Oh, I'm behind sure. the bar. There's a ah, hey, sheepy. The sheep pokes its head around the corner and goes at Chorog. I'm laughing because Chorog has met the sheep before. He just doesn't know it yet, apparently. <laughs> yeah, seriously, I want you to come along on this little uh, on this little mission that I'm putting together. We're gonna take a crack at a little slime ball Ferengi's supply line. We're gonna hurt him in a way that he's never been hurt before. Grimner slaps his big meaty hand down on the bar very loudly. He says, All right, I'll do it. It's been a while since I've stretched my legs anyway. He taps on his communicator. Hey, Mary, I needed you to take care of me old while I'm gone. Hey, Mary, Mary. Yeah, she must be. A, she'll get the message later. Perhaps his comm badge again. Good man. That's why I wanted it here. I have some details to finish working out. I need to find out exactly where his local supply line is. And then I'll, I'll let you guys know when, when we're going to meet to go over this little shindig I'm planning. Because believe you and me, 
We aim to misbehave. Grimnir grins very widely and he says, All right, that sounds like a plan, lad. I have to go make sure my sword is sharpened and my steel is blunted. Right, he looks over. around. Will I get to shoot anyone? Because I really want to shoot someone. Well, <laughs> technically, I can't let you kill someone, but if you want to shoot him in the knees, have at it. The, rule, the book's a little fuzzy when it comes to the knees. At that moment, Mary walks in uh, as, as, you know, as that exchange is going on. She just kind of looks around and she looks at Grimner. Hey, last I checked, shooting does not involve killing. She kind of looks around and she says, just don't ask my previous commander that. He, he, he begged to differ. Power points at her phaser. Look, it's got a stun setting. And if you turn it down real low, it only just hurts. <laughs> Out of character, just ask Waitley. <laughs> <laughs> Setsa looks over to uh, Kara and says, Um, so two weeks? Kara looks back over at her. What, you want to come? Not if we're, you know, stabbing or shooting things. Just kind of wondering if you're going to be gone for that long. No, uh, not, not so much shooting or stabbing. More like just physically maiming. You know, broken toe, broken finger, broken lobe. You know. Yeah. Ah, That's Carla not... holds up her right or left hand. That's why I've got this. That's the spirit. Latch on, latch on to that little Frankie's lobe with that hand. Really watch him squeal. It sets the covers here, you know, like, uh, brushes an ear reflexively and stuff. Well, I guess I should say have fun. All right, I think this would be a good time to take a quick break before we continue on to drink, because we are on to part two. We hope you enjoyed the musical interlude, 433 by David Cage. Is that just four minutes, 33 seconds of silence? Yes, it is. All right, we left, where we left off was Trog had just gotten um, near to come along on his little security adventure. Now he was off to get the last member of the team. Last, but certainly not least, we're going after checkers. So, Choragit finds the nearest access way to the to the uh, Jeffrey's tubes, pops the panel, and slides on in. Starts crawling, crawling his way around, listening, smelling, can I make you do a roll? Hmm. What? Can I make you do a roll to find checkers? Hmm. Sure, why not? Alright, um... Insight engineering to find your way through the labyrinth of tubes. Alright, we have one... One, it, uh, one success. It's gonna take a while. Uh, Trog starts crawling his way through the things. He bumps his head a couple of times against some low hung duckbrook that he had forgotten about was there. But he eventually hears uh, some noise in the tube ahead of him. And he's starting to smell what smells like uh, burrito juice. And he eventually... Uh, cigar smoke. Fine, very fine cigar smoke, that is. Yep. Eventually he comes to a junction. For some reason there's a chandelier hanging from the ceiling. The tastiest of cigars. Indeed. <laughs> It's part cigar, part Slim Jim. Which reminds Trog, he pulls a eaten cigar out of his pocket and goes to work. Yes, Chora comes upon Junction with a chandelier installed. Um, one with candles, mind you. Trog looks up and says, Why am I not surprised? 
Across the junction sits checkers on a welded-together throne. The, <laughs> the floor is lined with a velvet carpet. This does not surprise me, checkers. You found me. Yes, I did. Very observant. Got a question for you. What you doing for the next couple of weeks? Uh, hanging low before they find me. How would you like to go on a little adventure and maybe get some payback on a slimy little Ferengi? Payback? I'll see if I can put that into my schedule, but... Hmm... You need to keep the secret. You can't let anybody know that you found me. Found what? They're gonna make me go back. I Don't see nothing. Nothing. All right. I should say it's uh, considered an opportunity to maybe get a little revenge on someone and maybe make a couple of deals along the way. I know you, Checkers. You can't pass that up. Very well. He from behind his welded together throne. He he gets a strange looking rifle and puts on a militarized helmet, and we're ready to go. Alright, and I'll I'll send for you when I'm ready. I need to track down a certain location first, get the intel on it, then I'll come back and put this little team together. You'll be hearing from me. Oh, and make sure you bring some of those eating cigars. I'm running low. Of course. By all means. Be seeing you. Chorog said, making a little funny little hand gesture. Checkers nods, peering from beyond his sunglasses. And Chorog's, uh now has his full team together. Things are things are beginning to look up for him. Now he just needs to go to his quarters and find a and find a spot in Madrin's little empire and squeeze it. Trog makes his way back out of the Jeffrey's tube. This time, actually, making sure to duck between the low hangers. Pops out of the turbo. Pops out of the Jeffrey's tube, and comes face to face with one skipper, who's staring at him quizzically. Hi, skipper. Didn't expect you to see. Didn't expect to see you here. What are you doing here? Come to see the beast. Trog finishes pulling himself out of the Jeffrey's tube and straightens out his jacket and says, Be my guest. Go look at the bees. Better you than me. They don't like me. Uh, have you tried hugging them? Oh, I tried hugging them. They don't like to be hugged. They like it when I hug them. I don't think you were just hugging Come here. You can go hug them together. and teach them how to hug. You want to learn how to hug? It's dead, Jim. Chorog bravely ran away from the bees. <laughs> Here we go. There we go. Oh, okay. We'll go hug the bees. Much as I'm going to regret Yay! this. Hug the bees. Skipper leads the way precisely through the Jeffrey's tubes to the bees. How are the bees today, Eli? The bees are agitated. Skipper senses this and says, You're not little bees. I bring you a friend to hug. Want a hug? Yeah, I remember a hug. I gave you a little sugar when you did last hug. Want more sugar? Yeah. I'm going to make him roll something. Presence command. Uh-oh. 
Complication uh, range 19. Uh, are you ro- making Skipper roll this or Chorog? Chorog. Brought oh, a friend. Oh, yeah. Skipper. Skipper, Skipper does command. Skipper. Yeah, presence command and 19 complication range. Just 19? I, I, I'm feeling gen. You know what? 18. 18, you're right. <laughs> what is it? 2d20, 12, then space, then 18? 1, and then uh, 18. Yeah. Ooh! Oh, no. Successes. You bastard, that the bees... <laughs> the bees calm down. Trog very slowly extends his glove towards a few of the bees. And one of the bees lands on his glove. It just kind of, in a bee-like fashion, puzzly and quizzically looks at him. And then throws uh, up a bit of honey onto his glove. One lands directly on his nose. Well, Trog's wearing a mask, so... The nose of his mask. Trog somewhat crosses, manages to cross his eyes, look at, looking at this bee that's landing on the uh, nose vent of his mask. Skipper, um, gestures. So Skipper then uh, puts her arms around one of the, uh, the base of one of the hives and just gives it a nice, gentle hug. Skipper says, Be like this, and give all the bees a nice, loving hug. Uh, okay, Skipper, I can do that. Make him roll for it again. Yes. <laughs> Same thing? Yep. One success, one complication. The beasts are now swarming his mask. <laughs> They're all the they love Chorog. They love him too much. <laughs> this is what Chorog sees. They're they're, they're covering his eyes. Skipper, Skipper, I, I, Skip. I I've been hugged enough. It, time to tell the bees to down. They're, they're all getting over his head. They're, they're liking me too much. Okay, 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 bees. It's bees, very heavy that's... and very warm on Chorog's head. That's, he, he, he not your queen. He not going to lay any eggs for you, so I gotta let him go because he gotta go do stuff. Okay? He's not Deborah. Chorog is very. Trying very, very hard to stand very, very still as these bees start forming a mask over him. <laughs> They're covering his entire head. Uh, Skipper gives a little tardigrade, you know, bit of advice to the bees that day. It's nap time now. They gotta go, gotta go back. And he, uh, she starts, like, laying out little bags of sugar for them. You know, the, the bees appreciate this. Skipper is, Skipper is good. They're leaving Chorog's head. Skipper has done good. Very few things in life make Chorog nervous. A head full of bees is one of them. I can hear them buzzing in my ear. They were buzzing in my ear. They were saying naughty things in my ear. Skipper just nods and says, You, you have been anointed. You are one of them now. I take great comfort in that. She makes he a small sign. the bees. She makes a small sign. You may go in peace and have good luck and be friend to bees. I will do that, Skipper. Now you, you go behave yourself. No, no getting into trouble. Aw, Pakupa Troopa. 
Yes, you're you're my Koopa Troopa. Koopa Troopa. We will Koopa Troopa later. She sits down and just starts coloring. Trog turns to leave the bees, and a weird thought crosses his mind. A thought for later, Trog says to himself, as he starts making his way out of the Jeffrey's tube to go to his quarters. He eventually winds his way to his quarters, goes, and as soon as he gets in there, he locks the door so he's not disturbed any more than usual. And goes over to one of his uh, computer consoles. Computer. Send me any information you have on a supply depot at the following coordinates. Trog taps a quick set of coordinates into the main computer. Error 404. Depot not found. Computer. Do a wideband EM search of that grid. The base is there. It's just hidden. Searching. Searching. Displaying information. There it is. Trog begins writing, tapping some notes into his pad. Ah, this this is Gren's Depot. That's how I'm going to get to him. Gren is a known supplier of Madrin. He's a weak little Ferengi, easily scared, and Trog knows exactly how he can get to him. Because he's not going to go after Madrin proper. No, 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 not just yet. He's going to squeeze the supplier. And what, and what, and what worse thing to do to a Ferengi is to cut off his money flow. Well, Trog taps some more notes, pulls some more information about Gren, downloads him into several other paths that he's going to distribute to his team. Oh, Madrin. Madrin, Madrin, you have no idea what's coming for you. I'm going to squeeze you in a way that you're going to you're going to know it's me. And I'm going to do it nice and legal. Well, legal anyway. I'm not sure it's not going to be quite so nice. Turok finishes typing typing up his thing. I better go clear this with the captain first cuz I'm going to need a I'm going to need at least a shuttle large enough. My shuttle is not big enough for this. The computer interrupts. Command accepted. Clearing data. Ah, wait, wait, wait. Ah, shit. <laughs> I think the Reliance computer might need a tune-up. Yeah, that or it needs a drink of Rectigino. That's a good thing Charles already recorded all this information before the computer cleared the data. Computer, when I get done with all this, me and you are going to have a long talk. And by long talk, I'm going to overhaul you from the inside out. Adding activity to the schedule. Placing on calendar. Okay, Checkers has gotten to the damn computers again. He does have the codes, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Chorog, you'll communicate a beeps. It's uh, Chorog to Rick T. Uh, Rick T to Chorog. Sorry. Chorog reaches into his pocket, taps the communicator. This is Chorog, go ahead. Uh, I have, uh, but your, uh, station is being fixed, uh, I, uh, I'm, I was just wondering how is your, uh, meat collection, or, uh, how did your meeting go with the captain? Meeting went quite well. He has approved 
have a special oper- special security operation I will be running to deal Madrin a little a little payback. I'm not going after him directly. I'm going after one of his suppliers. That's one of the worst things you could do to Frank is cut off his supply chain. That makes sense. If he isn't able to have anything, then he wouldn't be able to sell anything. Because let's face it, he is a he's a menace to the quadrant. This this little slime ball. He's sinking lower by the day. He's he's putting he's starting to put hits out on people. We gotta stop this guy. Yeah, he attacks civilian. He attacks civilian freighters. He shakes down other you know small time contractors. This needs to stop. Well, I do have contacts within uh, Starfleet security, so I could see if I could um, get access to any kind of additional intel on Madrin or his suppliers. Well, I need to be able to backdoor into this place because I'm going. I'm going in as a supply merchant. I'm going in there looking to buy, and that's to, and that's to cover my team. Is so if you guys can, so if you have. Contacts within Starfleet Security. See if you can clear it for me to go in there without too much trouble. I don't want to be stopped by some overzealous Starfleet patrol looking, you know, looking to score marks with the sector boss. All right, uh, should be able to contact uh, people in Starfleet Intelligence to uh, put in a operation on the books. Contact for Starfleet Security found. Alphonse A. Ross. Oh, this is going to go splendidly. And uh, who's Ross? Go down the rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, what so... Uh, this is, is a very right? deep rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> Charles looks puzzlingly at the computer. Oh, who's Ross? Never heard of him before. Displaying personnel file. Up comes a picture of a gray-haired, mustachioed man with a very long and interesting career in Starfleet security. Known relations to various members of the crew, including a godfather to Setsa Jagora. Oh, this guy looks like a real charmer. Probably best if I steer clear of this guy. I don't need his trouble. All right, well, armed with this new episode, Trog taps out his comm badge. Kara, head for the conference room. It's time. Kara's voice is a little muffled and quiet. Okay, I was... Let me just finish up. I'm just uh, just doing something, and I'll be right there. Very good. Trog, Trog double taps his comm badge. Hey, Grimnir, it's time. Head to the conference room. On my way. Trog stomps his boot on the deck plating. Hopefully, hopefully that'll get uh, Checker's attention. My chandelier! There is a loud crashing sound in the background. And Trog quietly chuckles to himself. <laughs> Trog do- double taps his comm badge. Trog to Watley. It's time. Head to the conference room. I shall be there as soon as I can. Very good. Trog gathers up his belongings. And passes a shiny metal plate that he uses for a mirror. He stops for a moment, looks himself in the mirror, and says to himself, 
Trog, it's time. Finally, gotta get that little greasy, but that greasy little, that greasy little slime ball. Well, Trog exits his quarters and makes and his way to the conference room. For a moment, the Cambro stays on Trog's quarters, where the closet door quietly slides open, and Kara slightly falls out, holding a voice modulator and a pad she had been using to control the computer, giggling her head off. Boy. <laughs> Only you do that, Oi. <laughs> anyway, camera zoom pans in onto the conference room where Trog is sending out pads, as well as pulling up in- information on the main screen in the conference room of the depot they will be heading to. Trog then taps on his comm badge. This is Trog to Captain Graves. Um, Graves here. Captain, for this security mission, I am requesting use of one of the runabouts. My shuttle's too small um, to carry everybody. Uh, alright. Uh, who are you bringing with? Grimnir, Kara, Watley, Checkers. Um, I also want you to take Rick, just to be on the safe side. Very good. Rick has some contacts in Starfleet security. That will help me. All right. Sounds good. Uh, do you need any other support? Science, security, up in steam. Um, I've talked to Rick here. He's going to handle clearing us with security so we won't get hassled by some patrol out to look, patrol out looking to make marks with the sector boss. All right. Uh, what about Larissa or Bryce? I can always use more hands in this. I'll take Bryce. Also, I was actually going to su- go ahead. I was actually going to su- uh, suggest uh, Larissa. She's got a little bit more field experience. Very good, Larissa. It is. Also, All right. Captain. Anything else? Um, in order to keep our cover, I'd like permission to temporarily alter the runabout, take the ship's markings off of it, and scuff it up a bit so it looks like it's been out there a while. Looks like it's something that's been used. A voice comes from behind Trog. You're going to do what to my shuttles? Alright, uh, yeah. Uh, we can assign Oakley to help out with that as well. Um, get the job done a little bit faster. Okay. So, alright. Anything else? I've got to wash off this bubble bath. You better put it back the way you got it when you're done. Yeah, ignore her. That's hey. it. That is all for now, Captain. Thank you. Trog out. I'm the flight control officer. Damn it, those shuttles are my babies. Trog spins around, looking, looks down at Kara. Don't ever sneak up on me like that again. Don't, I you, Trust me, you don't want that kind of trouble. Says the one looking to scuff up my shuttle. How would you like to smell a Noskin fart? Pah! You don't scare me. <laughs> You've never smelled my farts. Ah, so that's why you wear that mask then, I guess. Well, it's not... Well, it's not for make me look beautiful. Ah, uh, everyone loves their own brand, don't they? Oh, we all love the smell of our own brand. Wait a minute, we, O'Connor has a rising Corvette docked in, docked in the Reliant? What? Oh, he gifted the Corvette to Kara. Kara has it at ESD. That's going to take time to get here. We don't have time for that. And Eli has uh, 
a, a, a fucking speed freighter, but that's at Magellan. Yeah. Oh, we're at Magellan, though. Well, he's not letting anyone take it. Oh, believe me, Trog, <laughs> Trog raised an eyebrow under that mask at the bubble bath thing. He's like, okay, that's more than he wanted to know. Well, Trog turned back to car. Take a seat. And go start going over that pad. That's got all the information we're gonna ha- you're gonna ever want to know for this mission. If you don't put my shuttle back the way I got it, I'm gonna have to core sit on you. Don't threaten me with a good time. And relax. We're not gonna. Nothing's gonna happen to shuttle. Watch. It'll be as good as new when we come back. I'll paint it myself. Oh hell no, you won't. I'll paint it. Meanwhile, well. Trog and Kara argue about who's going to paint what. Grimnir stumbles in. Grimnir looks around. Oh, this is quite the motley crew of characters, ain't it? That's what All I'm right. for. Where you want me at? He's got a big rucksack across his back. He's wearing uh, something that doesn't really look uh like it fits in the uh you know the modern time frame he's wearing like a leather jerkin uh <laughs> wool leggings big clod humping knee-high leather boots he's got a shield it did fit in just fine take a seat over there and start going over that start looking over the information on that pad i'll go over it in a minute all right and he goes and pops a squat and starts reading shortly thereafter in comes Waitley. As soon as Waitley walks in, and he's he's in his uh, in his uh, 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 his civvies, uh, but of course he still has a uh, clerical collar on. But as soon as Waitley walks in, Grimner kind of glances up and gives a dirty scowl, goes back to the pad. Oh, if it isn't Father, may I? Waitley looks at uh, Kara and says, "But of course you may." <laughs> All right. After that. Following Waitley is Larissa. Larissa just gives a curtain nod to the group and sits down professionally. Following Larissa, strangely, is Setsa, who apparently does not realize she's gone into the wrong room. Um. <laughs> Setsa, what are you doing here? Uh-oh. I didn't um, ask you to come along on this. Okay. Crap. Okay, so Setsa has very wet hair at this point, has basically just um, shoved herself into a uniform and a little bit of bubble bath on her head. That's and, uh You're leaking. And, uh, yeah, she says, Oh, uh, is there a mission reporting? I wasn't sure. I just saw something on the schedule pop up for car. I didn't know if it was, like, a general staff thing or... Am I late or is I'm not supposed to be here? Kara quirks an eyebrow. Bubble bath? Um, yeah, yeah, just a normal bath. Really? Just a totally normal bath? With your vathiathi? Her her face just goes completely blank. Kara, meanwhile, starts giggling. She says, Um, I I, I can leave if I've just made a little bit of a mistake here. Just, um, yeah, if I can help, I'm able to help. Just, someone tell me what to do. Kara, meanwhile, is repressing her giggles, but holding eye contact with Setsa. That's is just very thoroughly embarrassed by the situation. That's oh. is just thoroughly embarrassed by the situation. Well, that's a since you're here. Grab a seat, might as well sit in on this too. Just waiting on checkers. See what I posted. Oh, uh, so he, checkers is not going to come to the briefing. He's waiting in the runabout. 
Uh, uh, that's checkers for you. Hey, Carl, I would check that runabout for bugs after before we go anywhere if I were you. Oh, checkers is. Uh, the listening kind or the scuttly kind? Both. You know, he's been messing around with them bees. I don't want to all of a sudden be, you know, halfway there and all of a sudden the like, bees start pouring out of the panels. Actually, if we could time it right, that would be... A hell of a security feature. But, of course he is. Oh, wait. With his, with his team 99% assembled, with Checkers being the exception, because Checkers is Checkers, Trog pulls up a large schematic of the depot that they will be raiding. Team, I want you to take a look at Destiny Station. This piece of garbage is a state-of-the-art smuggling depot. Operated by one Gren. This Trog pulls an image of Gren up on the monitor. This slimy, weasley little character. Kara twirls a stylus around her fingers. So, which is it? A piece of garbage or state-of-the-art? State-of-the-art piece of garbage. Car just gives him a blank look and then just goes back to looking at her pad. I can't please them all. Anyway, back to this slimy character. Uh, yeah, that'll work for Gren. G-R-E-N, Gren. This slimy character is one of Madrin's main suppliers in this sector. We get to this guy, we cut this guy off, we hurt Madrin. Because the only way you can get to him one of the best ways to get to a Frangi is cut off his supply chain. Draw goes back to the schematic of the station. We are going to be using a modified borrowed runabout. It have Oakley dirtied up and scuff it up a little bit so it looks like it's been around the block or two. Our task, go in. Start asking some of the vendors. Find Gren. Get to Gren. Silence Gren. Possibly turn him. This is our chance to finally put a stop to Madrin and his sleazeball schemes. Madrin has sunk to a new low for him. Before it was just selling weapons. That's what Frangies do. They, they, they are weapon merchants. But now he's, uh, now he's putting hits on people. Important people. We can't have that. He's a threat to the quadrant, and he has to be neutralized. The only way we're going to get to him is to get to one of one of his lieutenants first. And this guy can be turned. This guy, I've known this guy. This guy is weak. He's a scared little slime ball. All we got to do is twist his lobe just the right way, and we'll turn him. Couldn't somebody just come along then and twist his lobe the other way and return him? If he's that weak? Well, the key to him, you twist a low, but you just don't let go. There are certain That's parts of a Ferengi where once you twist it, it won't twist back. Any questions? Setsa raises a hand. Uh, what's on your mind? Um, so which, like, which exact parts of the Ferengi we're going to be twisting? Like, I want to be clear. Well... I'm going to grab the left lobe. I'm going to have Kara there right. grab the right lobe. And we're both going to twist in opposite directions. Oh, okay. So, um, should one of us then ask questions? Um, yes. 
That's what Grimnir's okay. for. He's he's the he's the muscle. He's going to ask some questions. Okie dokie. Um, okay. Checkers. Uh, Checkers is going to be there to run security for the mission. He's going to be the man in the corner watching, make sure no one tries to come in. And if someone tries to intervene, he will neutralize them. Okay. And then, um, let's see. So, with the garbage pile advanced station, is there anything that we want to do to, like, check in for front rooms? When we first dock, there is a, there's a dock master. He can be easily bribed. Okay. Few credit, few credits behind his back, and we were, and we never, and we were never there. Do we have credits? I have some credits tucked away for a rainy day. Okay, but what if you actually have a rainy day? Do you want to like try to find some other credits? Well, that's the thing. We're not only are we there to silence this clown. So that's how I know you're good. With computers, I want you to hit. While we're taking care of this guy, I want you to try to attack into his computers and see what you can dig up on Madrid. Okay, yeah, that um, yeah, more than able to do. Bring uh, bring some uh, algorithms to really help out with that. And yeah, testing the AI thing I've been working on. So cool, cool. Um, yeah. So if Gren's a clown and we're twisting his lobes, should you know what? Oh, no, I'm just going to keep these visuals to myself. You know what? I think he'll probably make some funny noises. But anyway, yeah, grab everything you can off the computers. If anything else, just send it to Ross. I'm sure he'd be interested. Ooh, yeah. That's not a bad idea. You send the master copy to us, and we'll send a copy to the anonymous copy to Ross. I'm sure he'd like to have his hey, way with um, his toad. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Um, which station did you say we're going to? It's known as Destiny Station. It doesn't exist. Not on any star map. Oh, it, um, it is hidden behind... Right. It's hidden behind an advanced EM field. I already know the frequency to look for to find it. But if you try to find it on sensors, it won't show up. Uh, okay. So are we gonna have to, like, walk through the station a whole lot? Um, there's someone gonna need a hat. Well, as far as I can tell on the schematic, the docking bay is in the lower it's in the lower portions here. I would imagine his office is north, towards the top. We're walking through the whole station. Kara stands up and goes over to the replicator in the corner of the room. She stands in front of it, tapping a few buttons, comes back a moment later, and plops down on Jibby's head a black tricorned pirate hat with a large red feather. Um... Yeah, this will probably work. I will. Right, yeah, as, as far as now, as far as attire for this mission, complete, non-uniform, but dressed like you're a mer- like you're a merchant or a weapons dealer. Sansa we just you- writes down "pirate" in her um the notes she's been taking, which is an incredibly long list by now, and just nods, and then just mutters to herself. Oh, hopefully I don't get recognized. Nah, you won't be recognized. Oh, I'm going. I am working with Rick Tier. He is going to clear our identities through the local sector, through the local Federation sector sector patrols, so we don't have any hassles. 
and I have secured our identities that we'll be able to hack into their computers the minute we get into range. As far as they're concerned, we're just another group of we're just another group of merchants. That's a nod. Uh, her hand uh, returning to the table. And I have one more bit of business I need to attend to. Let's just call it an ace in a hole, in case Mister Grin here just tries to, tries to act like Mister Big Ferengi. I want to have a little surprise in store for him to really get him talking. You you hear a knock at the door. Uh, as Enter. Uh, yeah, Rick here opens uh, opens the door and he's standing there in uh, basically what is amounting to um, Captain Jack Sparrow as a pirate. Um, oh, did you wish me to come on? the journey, or should I uh, just run support from here? I've uh, already got this uh, outfit replicated. Um, yeah. Trog looks him over and not quite sure what to make of what he's looking at. Yeah, you, I definitely would want you on the team. In case Setsa runs into any kind of complication with the computers, I want you there to be able to give her a hand. And, uh, I don't know what kind of uh, data encryption that Grant has on his computers. Frankies aren't stupid when it comes to keeping their records secure. Well, uh, I will at least be able to assist with the uh, general structure and layout of the station. Um, the computers aren't necessarily my specialization, but um, we do have a lot of Oh, don't worry. We've got Thanks. a computer expert right here. Yeah. Kara Pats, you know, sets on the shoulder. Yes, we do have grunt in that area, and I will be happy to assist. That's and just to make this clear, oh. this is a zero body count mission. We are there to turn this guy, get information, and get out. We want to put the fear of Grethor into him. We want to make it so that doing business with Madrin looks... Less and less ideal. This is the beginning of the end for one Madrin. We are going to put an end to his schemes once and for all. Now, are you guys all in? Eh, I got nothing better to do. My engineering team has got the Reliant handled. Yeah, I guess so. If I'm coming along, just someone tell Graves so he doesn't worry too much. Don't worry, I'll take care of her better, Sajulia. She kisses Setsa's cheek, and I'll make sure nobody shoots you. Yay! Grimner, you in or you out? He just grunts and nods. Take that as a yes. Whitley, you in, you out. I was not aware that I had a choice. Now, with that being said, Chirag takes a moment to remove his mask, revealing a somewhat smile knowing that he is finally after all this time finally going to be able to get his claws Madrin is finally going to for all those years ago Kara meanwhile teasingly averts her eyes and shouts oh put it back on put it back on Trog just stands just rolls his eyes <laughs> okay is he playing with her new hat <laughs> Chorog re seals the mask on his face. He says, 
I will, we will continue making preparations. This time next week, we're going to be heading to Starbase, to Destiny Station. And part one of this little plan will be underway. I have one more final detail to see to before we go. Oh, one week? I can squeeze in a lot of bubble bass in that time. She glances at Setsa. Setsa blushes. Tries not to giggle. Hmm. Bubble bath. I've never had a bubble bath. Charles says, maybe I'll take a bubble bath. Um, I'm sure we could get you some of the bubbles. Just don't drink it? No, do drink it. I I want to see what happens when he burps afterward. Little for me, little for you. Meeting is adjourned. And I'll contact you when 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 we're getting ready to go. Come on, Setsa. You can help me pick out my clothes. I need something with a lot of leather and spikes and chains. Stop by my quarters. I'll find something for you. Can you go full Koopa Troopa? Trog watches as the team gets up. Trog watches as the team gets up and leaves. He's to stand there. He cracks his knuckles. Real loud. So he knows this is... It's game on. So the real question is, does Setsa go with Kara and help her pick out an outfit? Or does Setsa leave Kara to Chorog's mercy? Uh, Setsa goes with. Okay, they go and pick out an outfit. I just thought it'd be funny. No, no, no. We'll just let Chorog decide what she wears. How could that go wrong? And with that, end credits begin to roll. Mid credits. Mid credits. Chorog is poking around the. Jeffrey's tubes again. He's trying to he's trying to find Skipper. Or that old target he'd go to. There you are. Chorog reaches into his the bag that he has around that he has and pulls out the replica horned animal skull. Shows it to Skipper and says Koopa Troopa time. And with that, screen goes dark. And comes back up and shows Setsa and Kara in their quarters. Kara is wearing a leather jacket, leather skirt, some torn fishnet stockings, high-heeled boots, and is covered with a great many chains and spikes. She looks like she's getting ready to rob someone. Think this will make me fit in? Um, need a hat. Or a mask or something. They're essential for disguises. Yeah, a hat. I can see Kara putting on a hat like Hector Barbosa wears. A big black hat with a big feather. Sets has already got one. Or perhaps a hat like uh, Captain Rios wears. I need a Napoleon Sets hat. Suggests the, Sets has suggests the following. Kara <laughs> giggles but says, what the hell? And grabs it from the replicator and sticks it on her head. Well, I mean, giant leather top hat with little button thingies, that's kind of, you know, Kara teasingly takes off the hat and gives a slight bow. Time for a bit of the old ultraviolence. Hmm. Baller hat could work, too. And that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much. And we'll see you next week. Say goodnight, everybody. Goodnight, everybody. Goodnight, everybody. Goodnight. Goodnight. Goodnight.